So I wonder who's awesome for you. Who has motivated you? What female, what courageous female has been a gift in your life? And it may or may not be someone who is actually biologically connected to you, as this story tells us. And one of the things I love about Dr. Condoleezza Rice, aside from the million things, um, if you've ever looked up her prayer for the nation on YouTube, you will fall in love with her. This is She loves Jesus Christ. So she was not just a politician. She was a follower of Jesus. She is a follower of Jesus. And one of the things that I think is really interesting from this young girl's perspective, Condoleezza has never been married and never had biological children. And I would say she is a mother in our nation. And she taught the kind of value and respect, the kind of stature, the kind of composure, the kind of faith, the kind of drive that I hope that the women in this country will look at and say, now, there is a fine role model. There is a beautiful role model. So one of the things that happens on Mother's Day is we typically give out candy bars to all the women. So women, you know, young women, even uh, teenage women, we give out candy bars. Why? Because we think every single woman can be that kind of woman for a woman that is younger than her. So right now, I had to give myself a reminder. The word is, it's not moving. Um, so anyway, I wrote chocolate. So can we have the chocolate ushers? So every woman, would you just stand up and receive your chocolate while the men applaud you? Are you ready? Come on. Here we go. Let's go. And let's get some helpers back there to help these ushers get the chocolate out. Come on. I want to hear a great rousing applause for women who are courageous and blessed. And they have given themselves to the world in many, many ways. I am telling you, what would the world be without women? Hello. I, I just think about the women in this room and the things the women in this room, they actually stand for and they, they, they offer and they have done. And so I just want to say thank God for you. And know that if you are, you know, you may not be a, uh, a, uh, an aunt or uh, a biological mother. You may not have someone that you know directly that you're mentoring, but know that your presence matters. And I, I just loved that clip of this young woman saying, I did that because right? And when someone inspires you, you have courage. You have courage. Sorry, guys, you're not getting anything today, but watch for the donuts on the Father's Day because we... Thank you. Thank you. I am so glad because last year I didn't get one. And just so you know, um, Dove Dark Chocolate is uh, fair trade. Sharon, did you get a chocolate bar? Awesome. So let's hear it one more time for all the women. You can be seated. So we are so grateful for chocolate. Anyway, who are the courageous women that have inspired you, mothered you, up close or from afar? Well, one of the biggies for me is a woman named Deborah, and you'll find her in the book of Judges. Deborah. This is what the Bible says about Deborah. 
And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. And Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Lapidoth, judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And all the way to verse uh, 31 of chapter 5, and the land had rest for 40 years. Now, if you know anything about the history of Israel, a 40-year rest was like almost never happened. This 40-year rest was under this wonderful leadership of a woman named Deborah. It's beautiful because she is a judge, which was the highest political office in the land at that time. She was a prophet, which was the highest spiritual office in the land at that time. And she was wife of Lapidoth, which I think is great. They, you know, historians will say they don't know if she was actually married or not, or it meant that she was a woman with a fiery spirit because the name Lapidoth means torches. So they're really not even sure. We don't have any evidence of her actually having physical children or a physical husband. But what we know is that she brought rest to the land for 40 years. And what you might know about Israel is they had what was called in these years seven apostasies where they walked away from God. And they started doing things according to what they thought was right in their own minds. And they had a lot of trouble in those years when they just started to decide, well, I'm just doing that. And it's beautiful because Deborah White writes a song. She's also a songwriter. And in one of the verses, it says, The inhabitants of the villages ceased, and they ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, that I arose as a mother in Israel. And I love that because there are people that arise with a mother's heart, that God actually put in the hearts of women a way to care that fathers don't have and something that fathers have to care that mothers don't have. And I always say that when you actually meet a good mother, right, you have met a reflection of God. When you have met someone with a mother's heart, and and I'm, I'm... You know, this is not a political statement in any way, shape, or form, but I got to tell you, Condoleezza Rice had me at hello. I mean, I've watched her life and been so impressed by the dignity, by the prayerfulness. I mean, this woman didn't just do politics. She was a woman on her knees. By the way, she was also an accomplished pianist, so she was probably like Nancy, just sitting in the living room playing worship songs in her spare time. This is a person that was raised up in the church and gave her life to God. And I want to know, what would it look like if mothers rose up? Right? What would it look like if mothers, with a heart of a mother, that what we want to do is we want to bring nurture and succor and we want to give grace and peace, that we actually want to nurture and provide and protect and, and that would be amazing. I think it would look like Ephesians three fourteen through 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. Can y'all say strengthen you? Look at a woman and say, strengthen you, right? With power in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Everybody say rooted and established in love. 
right? Not argumentarianism, but rooted and established in love may have power. See, there is no power without love. It might look like power, but it's really just domination. Love is the power of God. That's, that's the truth. When you think of the word omnipotent, God's all-powerful, just know that means God's all-love because God has never used God's power for anything but good in the world. Amen? Yeah. All right, talk back to me now. Together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Wow. If, you, if we actually prayed prayers like that, you know, for this reason I get on my knees. For this reason, for the call of love, getting on my knees. And I'm praying for our nation. Or I'm praying for my brother. I'm praying for my sister. That would be amazing. I'm praying for my children. See, what I know about the spiritual journey is that it requires the courage to discover and move toward connectedness and relationship, to experience family and community on ever new levels while also honoring our history and our differences. This is the truth about love because the Latin word for love has the root word core, courage, core. You got to have heart. You got to have love. And, and when there is heart in our protection, oh, friends, we can be strong and very courageous and not discouraged, as God told the people. Do you ever notice that the story of the Israelites, they're always either up against a body of water or a wall or a problem, an obstruction, a difficulty. And the answer is to be strong and very courageous, very full of heart. We got to have heart. This is what we need. Because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. This is the truth about the family of God. And when you hear mothers talking to sisters or brothers or friends or family, if we hear love, we know we're hearing the voice of God. And if it comes out in any other spirit then we know that's not the spirit of God because perfect love drives out all fear. And see, when people use power to make us afraid, we are not hearing the voice of love, and the voice of love is God. See, I love this. This is a 12th century icon in Bavaria, and it's a picture of the Trinity, and I just love it. The Trinity reveals that God is precisely connection, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And each of the three loves perfectly in connection and in community. It's beautiful, isn't it? When you think about God saying in Genesis, let us make human beings in our own image. What they were saying is let us make human beings in love. That they would love one another. Now, you know, it doesn't take long before... Adam sins and Eve tempts him and then they have children that kill each other. I mean, it's just, it's immediately in the story of humanity. But that is not the story of God. God created human beings to be in community so that we would express the love of God. So I just wonder, how much courage do you have? How much heart is happening in your life right now? How full of core are you? 
How full of courage are you? What would your friends, your family, your coworkers, what would they say about your heart right now? How courageous would they, would they say you are? See, some people, this week I asked on Facebook, I said, what is courage? And people kind of fell in four categories. People were saying bravery in the face of danger, steadfastness in the face of opposition, action in the face of resistance, optimism in the face of despair. They said that in one way or another. It's like, this is what courage is. And then I asked, what are you afraid of? And almost every single thing was about something they were afraid of in losing connection in a relationship, losing community, losing love. And, and I think to myself, you know, this way of describing courage just doesn't bring it to the heart enough for me to actually say it's about connection. It's about having heart. I mean, one person did say they were afraid of clowns, but, you know... I, I really know that there is this deep desire. But see, we lack courage maybe because of the courage vacuum, what I'm going to call VAC today. And that is vulnerability, authenticity, community, and connection. That maybe, maybe we lack courage because we lack vulnerability and authenticity and connection and community. Maybe the reason we don't have courage to do scary stuff has more to do with not having connection with people that are saying, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Like Condoleezza Rice did for that young woman. Think about the people in your life that have said, yes, you can. Oh, you can do this. You are going to make it. I love what my daughter says, and my daughter's been through more hell and high water than most people I've ever met. And she says it this way. She says, you know what? In the end, it'll be all good. And if it's not good, it ain't the end. And she says that over and over again. In the end, it'll be all good. But if it ain't good, it means it's not the end. This is not the end. Because this is not good right now. So it means it's not the end. So I love the fact that John tells us here But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. See, and when you're a child of God, you're connected. You might not be, you know, it says not of blood nor of the will of flesh or even the will of man, but of God. So this is about this. It's about the connection of God to you. That whether you're aware of it or not, you are so deeply connected to God. On your worst day, the truest thing about you is that you are made in God's image. You might not be looking like him at the moment, but you are made in God's image. And when we realize that we are the children of God, then we're able to actually be connected to other people. My mom used to love to quote Cahill Gibran all the time and say, your children come not from you, but through you. Your children come not from you, but through you. Because they are God's idea. Before one sperm meets one egg. As my grandmother used to say about Scott, because he's nine months younger than me, she would say, you know, um, Scott was just a twinkle in his daddy's eye when you were born. The reality is, is that our children don't come from us. They come through us. They were in the heart of God. Human beings are made in God's image. And so when we get the idea that courage is just about powering up and powering through rather than being connected 
to other people, we're forgetting that we're connected first to God and that through that connection to God, we can be connected to other people. This is why it's actually possible for you to forgive the most evil people in the world. Because if we realize that we are connected to God and Jesus could say things like, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. That there's something that we say, I am made in God's image, and I, if I am not living by love, I'm forgetting that I'm an image bearer. And so the beauty of courage is what it originally meant was to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Over time, the definition has changed. And today, courage is more synonymous with being heroic. And heroics are important, and we certainly need heroes. But I think we've lost touch with the idea that speaking honestly and openly about who we are and about what we're feeling and about our experiences, good or bad, is the definition of courage. It's the definition of connection. Heroics are about putting our life on the line. Ordinary courage is about putting our vulnerability on the line. And in today's world, that's pretty extraordinary. It's Dr. Brené Brown. When I think about the people in this church and the connection, I think about, you know, teams that get together. I think about celebrations that happen for people's birthdays that are on teams together. I think about the way that people actually serve in our food pantry, led by the connection of these two cuties. I think about people that drive children um, to practice doing art so that they can lead children that are younger than them. And those that receive instruction from the IT guru among us on how to protect our children in children's church. I think about these children's church workers that are connected with these kids. You know, we call them small group leaders because we're not interested in them just teaching words. We want the children to feel connected. When we realize that there are home groups that gather together once a month and they actually make, um, they call it, I can't remember what they call it right now. If one of you in the group can remind me. It's something like love somebody night or something like that. And they do that once a month with their life group. So somebody that needs meals um, gets those meals. People who work with children in our camps or those that even work. Now, I'm actually giving you stuff that's all happened within the last month, by the way. Even this, while the men's bodies were not on the ground that started this um, work, our guys our guys and gals from this church, just this week, they had big needs in Haiti for more stuff, and your people sent the stuff they needed. Maybe you knew or didn't know that on February the 14th in 2011, we became a child advocacy center, a multidiscipline place where children are interviewed so that they find protection. Because why? Because we've had connection with groups. Because this community knows that Crossroads cares about kids. I don't know if you know this, but one of your church members, Helen, she actually received an award on this night with sexual assault services just last month because of 10 years serving as an advocate. And another one of your church members became the first man from our church that is now an advocate for SAS. That's what's happening in your church through connection and community. And this is the power of courage. I just, I'm, I'm wowed when I see the heart of God.
in people through courage, through vulnerability and authenticity and community and connection. I'm wowed. And, and, I, I, and then I want you to think about what is God asking you to be courageous about right now in your life? What is it? I mean, you saw everything from making meals for sick people as an act of courage to becoming an advocate. I mean, what is the call right now for you? Because it's different in every part of this room. The vulnerability and authenticity and community and connection, that vac is going to show up differently for you. So does everybody have it in their mind? Nod at me when you know what God's asking you to be courageous about. Just nod at me. Okay, you're looking at me like deer in headlights. So an invitation from God for you to do something that you don't think you're able to do, you know? Something that you don't think is possible. Like when I was asked to be um, the co-chair of the Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force and, uh, and, and asked actually before that to start having conferences, I mean, I have to tell you, I said to God, but, 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 I mean, I can't tell you how many butts I had. I needed a buttectomy. <laughs> it's really a true story. I found this on the, uh, the internet. And it says, um, do you see the pinata that got a buttectomy? I, I had so many butts about not doing what God asked me to do. God, I am already so busy. God, I already feel like my life is at its limits. God, I honestly, what am I? I am not law enforcement. I am not a social worker. What in the world do you, why would you want me to do that? I want you to think about your butts. And why are you telling God you can't? What is that about? I mean, can you imagine the mother of Jesus, Mary, telling the the angel, but I'm 14, but, you know, I might get stoned to death by my village, but you got to be kidding me. I mean, I, I, but there were no buts. She stretched and grew with the love of God. She stretched and grew and became the person that the life of God could come through. And when you don't realize is that every time, every time we say, but I can't do that, Every time, we're just, we're limiting the stretching and growing and giving the love of God. Nelson Mandela, one of my favorites, said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers fear, said the man who was imprisoned during apartheid. What I've learned is this little breath prayer. Inhale courage, exhale fear. And a lot of times what that does is that, what it does is it puts me into a vulnerable place where I say, okay, inhale courage, exhale fear. And that might mean I need to call a friend who can say something to me about being courageous. It might mean being vulnerable and telling someone I'm afraid to do this. It might be saying to somebody, I've got excuses. I do. I really seriously, I am doing, I am doing everything I can do. And that, and so, you know, inhale courage, exhale fear and make the connection because courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. And courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. And to hear somebody say to you, you know what, you've got this one life to be courageous. And what does it mean? 
What does it mean for you? It's so different for every one of us, friends. Nobody can tell you the story of your life. But don't be afraid to live it. Because Lewis tells us to love it all is to be vulnerable. And love anything in your heart will be wrong and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it up carefully around the hobbies and little luxuries and avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in a casket or a coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe and dark and motionless and airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love at all is to be vulnerable. So, Scott, will you come up for a minute? I remember um, when I received that, uh, that beautiful quote from C.S. Lewis, to love it all is to be vulnerable, you know. And it was actually right after our son Paul went to heaven. And um, Scott came home, and he had this brilliant idea that we were going to have another child. <laughs> and he said, I really believe God is saying that we're going to have another child. And I said, well, that's excellent, honey, but unless God writes it on the wall... I mean, unless I have an angel appear to me or something like that, it, I'm never going to go through that again. I want to wrap my heart up in a casket. I can't do it. And so being the patient person that Scott is, you know, he just, I, I don't know what you did. You, did, you, did you pray? Did you fast? Did you? I'm sure, I'm sure I probably did. <laughs> and I just remember this um, fear just overwhelming me. And thinking, I don't think I could live through that kind of a thing again. But I would have cut myself off from the beauty of our son Josiah's life who came almost a year exactly after the date of our little boy going to heaven. And our son Josiah, I mean, his beautiful life, his beautiful life. You can't imagine. I mean, this boy, is, he is just delightful. He's the kind of kid that, you know, at 29, buys me books, I'll love you forever. You know, what did he buy me yesterday? What was the name of that book? It was something like Grandma's or something awesome. Because he's about to have his first baby, he and his wife weeks, Libby. 12 weeks. In 12, 12 weeks, weeks. yeah. And, and I think about, what would I have done if I wrapped my heart up in a casket and said, I'm not, I'm not going to love again. I, I'm afraid. So I want to encourage us all to let our hearts grow large. And to say, you know what? We can do it. With God's help, I can do anything. God is able to make all grace abound to us. God is able to give us the ability to do what we can't do in our own flesh. This is our God. This is our God. And if it isn't good yet, it's not over. Because in the end, it'll all be good. But right now, it might be hard. It might be really hard. But know that God is good, even when it's really really hard. And remember that God loved you. And God said, let us make human beings like us. And when we are courageous, we're vulnerable, we're authentic, we have connection, and we're in community. And we let other people say crazy things to us like, I think we might want to have another child or some other crazy thing, whatever it is for you. Would you stand with us? We turn our eyes upon Jesus right now and look full 
in your face. And we say, God, that you've made us like you and we want to be courageous. We want to be full of love and grace and mercy. We want to be like you. We want to love when it's really hard to love. We want to love people that are hard to love like you. Inhale courage. Breathe out fear. We want to be able to step in with heart, whether it's to make a meal or become a part of a small group, to serve at a food pantry or on a mission field. We want to be, especially for the women today, we want to be mothers in our community, mentoring people like Dr. Rice, loving when it's hard like Mary, the mother of Jesus. We want to learn how to be courageous with our vulnerability and authenticity and connection. And so, God, I, this is a blessing I pray over the women in this room today. The blessing of connecting with God. We turn our eyes upon Jesus and look of God, whatever it is you need courage for, and just let what you need courage for pale in comparison to the love of God, to the courage of God, to the heart of God, and see yourself rising up like Deborah said, and I arose a mother in Israel. like Mary. Let it be so. Let it be as you have said. 
So I pray for courage all over this room. I pray for strength and blessing. I pray that this would be a church and communities full of women who arise. That they will arise and allow whatever they're called to do to be what is. And I bless my friends today. I pray that this day that they see themselves in the light of God's love and that you would bless them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would fill them afresh with your spirit, which is the heart of the gospel, the heart of God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a beautiful week.